The scripture reading for today is Matthew 9, 9 through 13, and verses 35 through 38. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous but sinners. In verse 35. And Jesus went throughout the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name's Alan Gates. I'm uh, one of the elders here. and want to thank you for being here and everyone online also. Welcome to this, our service this morning. Uh, recently, I had an opportunity to see a musical called Come From Away. It tells of a story of how during the 9-11 attacks, uh, 38 planes got grounded in a little small town in Canada known as Grander in Newfoundland. These 38 planes contain close to 7,000 passengers. And this is a small town, about half this size. And the story continues as we see the people coming together in the town, looking past their differences and figuring out ways to help care for the passengers, as they didn't know how long they would be there, as all the airspace has been canceled or terminated. Nobody could fly anywhere. And in the midst of this, these people come together by providing housing, opening up their businesses, their homes, their schools, so people can have places to sleep. They even open up like toiletries, showers, and provide food for all these people, and transportation for the people to get off the plane. In the midst of this, the different stories continue, and mind you, these people are all from different cultures, different orientations, languages, from Europe, Africa, and Middle East. Mind you, this is a very popular place where people would fly through. So in the midst of this, the story continues as it talks about the challenges and the stress of caring for so many people with so many differences. But at the heart of the story, we see some people showing how they got through the stress, and some people, their character was shown. In the heart of this, the key theme throughout it, I've noticed, was the story of compassion, of looking beyond what was going on, the externals, and caring for the value and caring for the human person in the midst of this. 
Compassion is a very needed thing during this time. We live in such a divided world. We see so many problems that are happening. We see a war in Europe. We live in a political, very divided political nature world. Uh, Things are happening with the economy. And then, mind you, we've gone through two years of a pandemic that instead of having united us, has created more division within our families, our workplaces, even within among us as Christians. The aspect of it, though, we focus so much on the externals that we can lose sight of what's happening, what's happening around us, that we lose sight of compassion, that we lose sight of what it means to care and to value for a person. This morning in our passage, we'll see what it means for our kingdom identity is a key characteristic is to have compassion for one another and to care for one another. Over the last few weeks, you know, we've been studying the Gospel of Matthew. We have seen that Jesus is a great teacher, a great healer. And even last week, we saw that Jesus has the capability of forgiving sins. You know, we're starting to see a glimpse, who is this Jesus? He is something more than what this mere rabbi or mere healer or teacher. You know, he is God in flesh. And this morning, we'll be looking at the passage where Jesus wants the Pharisees to understand and disciples to understand that he has come to bring a heart of compassion, that he has brought what God wants for the people to understand is to care for those, to value, to love them for who they are. So this morning we'll be looking at the problem of when we focus on the externals, we lose sight of compassion, lose sight of valuing others. And then we'll look at the solution of how we are to look beyond that, look eternally into the person, who they are. And third, how do we develop a heart of compassion? based on what Christ is showing to us. Let us pray. Dear Father, we just come before you and we just ask you just to be with us this morning. You know where our hearts and our thoughts are and we just pray you just be with us during this time, caring for us. We pray for those who are sick and are suffering. We pray just for your healing touch and just to be with us. Help us to have a heart as you have for us. Help us to develop a heart of compassion. Hear your words and just to have a deep love for one another and for those who are around us. We just bring all these things before you. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin, as we heard from Matthew in the first part, that Jesus calls Matthew from his tax booth. And we see that Matthew automatically gets up and rises and goes with him. We aren't told a lot about Matthew's background. Maybe he's been following Jesus. Maybe he's been listening to the sermons or the teachings. In either case, Matthew doesn't hesitate. He doesn't give any excuses. He just follows Jesus. The next thing we see is Jesus having dinner. The other Gospels mention that Matthew is the one that hosts this. Matthew doesn't mention it in his own Gospel, but we see that there are two people that Jesus is having dinner with, tax collectors and sinners. The first group, the tax collectors, were considered outcasts by the Jewish people. They were considered traitors. They collected taxes for the Roman government, the oppressing government. They were known to take more money than what they should to make up for their own selves. And then they worked with Gentiles, so they were considered unclean. They were never really welcome within the Jewish community in the midst of this. So they were considered outcasts and at the bottom of the barrel, in a sense, of the social ladder. The sinners, some commentators feel like it's a generic term, those who did not follow the law, per se. Some commentaries feel like it is probably prostitutes or adulterers. 
those who are really outside the mainstream of society. In any case, these were not the people you would usually, a, a rabbi would have dinner with. They were considered outcasts, and dinner meant that you associated with them, that you had camaraderie, or that you had, uh, you approved of the way they lived. So the Pharisees, when they see this, they rebuke it. They don't understand why would Jesus be seen with these people. And notice the Pharisees don't direct, directly address Jesus. Maybe they were afraid of him rebuking them. Maybe they decided to go through the disciples. But they don't understand. They say, why would he eat with these people? Does he not understand that these, this is not what you're supposed to do, that they're considered unclean? And this is part of the problem with the Pharisees. They focus so much on the appearances, on the externals. We'll see this as we continue through Matthew, as Jesus confronts them or rebukes them. The Pharisees at this time had close to 613 different law rules to help keep the law. For them, it was all about appearances. It was all about the externals, how you act and how you do, things that they could measure. This is a common problem for us as humans. We like to focus on things that we can control and do. We like focusing on appearances. So many religions focus so much on doing enough good deeds, doing enough to make ourselves earn God's favor in a sense. But at the heart of this, all it does is leaves us empty. It leads us to judging people based on externals when we don't look beyond the deeper end. We don't value the person. And in a sense, we divide ourselves. We set up a wall between each other. This leads to Jesus overhearing the Pharisees and leads to the solution that Jesus offers to the Pharisees. And he gives them two rebukes. He tells them that those who are well are in need of a physician, but those But those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick are in need of it. No physicians train long-term to care for the sick. They don't care for the well. They care for those who are in need. They work in hospitals. They work in different places. And it's only those who are sick who recognize their need for a physician, for someone to help them. This is kind of Jesus' rebuke to the Pharisees, is that they do not recognize that they are in need of him, that they are in need of healing of a physician. But the sinners, the tax collectors, do recognize their need. They recognize that they are needing something more than just mere rules or sacrifices. They are looking for God, and they see it in Jesus. Jesus' second rebuke to them is a typical rabbi saying, go and learn. Go and learn what this means. And he quotes from Hosea 6.6, that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus is pointing out to the Pharisees that the heart of God is seen beyond appearances. It is about mercy. It is not just about mere rules of following rituals, but it is about the heart of a person. It is about caring, going beyond that, giving hope in the midst of it. And this quote that Jesus comes from comes from Hosea. If you remember back when we were doing our minor prophets, Hosea was a prophet sent to Israel to cry out to them. He was called to marry an unfaithful wife as a metaphor, as a symbol of how God felt that Israel had been unfaithful to him. And the Mrs. Hosea cries out to the people in this verse where he says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And this word mercy, the true Hebrew word, is, it's really hard to convey truly in English, it says. Most is word known as chesed. 
And it is a powerful word. If there's one word you could learn from the Old Testament, it is the word chesed. Because it's a hard, really, like I said, convey in English. Usually it's translated as loving kindness. But the, poor, the bigger meaning is that it's God's covenant love with his people. Covenant love that started with Abraham, with the promise. And it started then with Moses and with David. And it is the reason why Jesus has come, is because God loves his creation and his people. He loves each of us and everyone. That's why he sent Jesus. This is the love that he wants the disciples to see, the Pharisees to see. This is why he came. It's not mere about rules or sacrifices or about appearances, but it's about the love. It's about caring for those who are hurting, having compassion for them in the midst of it. It is God's grace that covers for all people. There is nothing we can do to earn it. There is nothing we can do to disown it because God loves us unconditionally, each and every one of us. And this is the love he wants us to have for others around us, for caring for those around us. It goes beyond just mere appearances. And we see in this, Jesus exhibits this compassion in three different ways. Shortly after this, Jesus is called upon by a ruler to come heal his daughter who has died. And as Jesus is going, we see a story of a woman who has a blood disorder. She has suffered much for 12 years. The other Gospels talks about how she has suffered greatly at physicians, from physicians, with no cure, no hope. But mind you, because of her blood disorder, she would be considered unclean. She could not worship. She could not be welcome in this Jewish community or the synagogue. But she sees Jesus and she believes that if only she could just touch the hem of his garment, if she could just be, just see him, then she could be healed. In the midst of this, we see that Jesus turns and sees her. Now let that sink in. And Jesus is already going on another mission about to help the ruler and his daughter. But in the midst of this, all the crowds, Jesus stops and sees this woman who has come to touch him. And this we see is compassion. It means being present with somebody who is in suffering. It means being present with where they're at and what's going on. It means stopping everything that's going on, being present with that one person. That is what compassion is about. And this can be very difficult. You know, we live busy lives, busy people, and it can be hard when someone is suffering to stay focused, to be attention with them, with where they're at. This is a common problem for, especially when I work in healthcare as a chaplain. We sometimes you get tons of calls, six or seven different things going on, different crises. In the midst of it, you have to kind of remind yourself to be present with each person, with each situation, while not trying to race your mind to the next thing, what's going on the next person. You know, the heart of good listening is about being focused on what is being said and not thinking ahead of what you're going to say. And this is hard, and it is only through God's love and developing this to have a heart of compassion, to be present with another person in their suffering. The second thing we see, Jesus shows compassion by instilling hope in people. Jesus continues his journey to where the ruler's daughter is. We see the mourners. The girl has died. You know, in Jewish mourning, they had flutes. They had people wailing, lamenting. They paid people to wail to kind of show the grief and the sadness. But in midst of this, Jesus rebukes them because he's going to heal her. She's going to be asleep. They're going to wake her. The people see that. You know, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the situation. 
But Jesus goes in and heals the girl. He brings her back to life. And we see that death is no longer the finality. That there is hope. That there is more. There is a resurrection. And this is what Jesus brings hope to the people in his compassion. Not only is he present with their suffering, but he brings hope. He gives us hope into the life that's come. The third thing we see, Jesus shows compassion instilling faith into people. Two more healing stories. We see two blind men who come, and Jesus says, do you believe that I can do this? They respond that they do, and Jesus touches them and heals them. And again, a demon-possessed man who's mute is set free because of his faith. We see compassion means having faith, instilling faith, encouraging faith with another person. Having compassion means being present with them, but also instilling hope and encouraging faith in another person. Compassion is to look beyond appearances. It is to see the value of a person. And missing this, we see Jesus showing three things of compassion. It said being present to those who are suffering, and it means bringing hope to those who are compassionate bringing hope to those. It also means encouraging faith in another person. So how do we develop a heart of compassion? How do we act upon this and caring in a divided world when it's so easy to get caught up in the externals around us? Well, we see this in the last part of our passage that Frank shared with us. As Jesus is going along, he sees the crowds and he has compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, the religious leaders and Pharisees had failed the people. They had focused so much on the externals and on the rules that they did not see beyond caring for the people that were hurting, the sinners and the, out, and the tax collectors, those who were considered outcasts. But Jesus tells his disciples that the harvest is plentiful. Pray for workers of the harvest. So our first application is to pray. Prayer is very important. We pray for our own hearts to be transformed and to be changed, to have hearts of compassion. It is only by God's Spirit that we can be take on a heart like He has and see people as He does, which can be quite difficult, too, to develop a heart and to see with His eyes, to spend time with Him, to pray that we may change, that we can see others. But not only that, but we pray for those who are different from us, who may be difficult to love. This may be people who may we disagree with politically or ideologically or even religiously. It means praying for them. It means praying for even our political leaders, situations that are going on. Not that they would become like us, but that they would have hearts of compassion, that we would learn to love them and care for them as Jesus would, that we would see with his eyes around us. But we pray for more people to have hearts of compassion, building on that that we would serve and care for those around us, that we would have more people be willing to step out and care for those who are hurting and caring for those who are suffering. You know, we live in a world that's very, many people are burning out, and this compassion fatigue, as it's called, uh, especially in the healthcare system, and we see it even in ministry. And it's at the heart of it, we need to be praying for those, praying for those who are caring, that we continue to have hearts of compassion that we have humble hearts, that we will have renew our vision for Christ and see with his eyes around us. The second application is to build relationships. We, of course, as we pray for our hearts to be changed, we continue building our own relationship with God. We spend time with him, praying. We spend time in his word. 
we spend time in worship, that we may become more like him, that we may become understanding his heart and who he is. This was the issue with the Pharisees. They had focused so much on the externals and the rules and doing things that they lost sight of what it meant to be in relationship with God, what it meant to care, to be, to be like him, to see with his eyes. But second, we build relationships with those within our community. Maybe it's our families, our small groups. You know, as through the pandemic, we have been, in a sense, dealing with a lot of siloed and being on or isolated. You know, as we try to figure out what does the future look like, as we try to come back together, reconnecting, it can be hard kind of reconnecting. But the heart of it is building compassion with one another in the midst of this and building those relationships again, reaching out, listening to one another, but also building relationships with those outside of our community, those who may be different from us. There's something powerful when you hear a story of another person's story, hearing from their perspective, hearing why they believe the way they believe, hearing why are they the different things that they have faced and gone through. It kind of develops a different ideal you see differently. You develop a different heart of compassion. When we focus so much on just hearing things that we want to hear, we become insular and we lose sight of what's going on outside of us. And we lose sight of what it means to care for those outside of us. But third, we serve. After we pray, after we build relationships, we serve God by giving of our resources and our time. And again, many of us I know are busy with life and different things going on. So this could be just simple things even in our workplaces, in our families, in our community, things that we're already doing, just finding little small things. In a little support group, they were talking about self-care, how sometimes we can really guilt trip ourselves thinking, oh, I need to do bigger things for self-care. When actually it's just small things. It's just taking time to rest, taking time just to have coffee with somebody. Maybe just calling somebody, saying, how are you doing? Finding these little small things to serve and care for those around us. Not only that, but serving God within our community and our family and outside of our community and those who are different from us. Again, hearing stories from others, building relationships. There's different ways we can do that. You know, we've gone through Friends for Good continuing building those relationships, or even with the refugee services, and finding different ways. Maybe it's just with our neighbors, just reaching out, caring for them, hearing from them. And again, just keeping it simple. There's nothing big or grand about it. Just checking in, how are you doing? How are, you, how are things going? One thing that's always stuck out to me, especially working in healthcare, is how much just checking in on somebody say, I'm here for you. You know, I'm here to listen if you need something. And how powerful people just want to be known, want to be heard. So as we look at compassion as our kingdom identity, it means caring for those around us. It means not focusing so much on the externals and things that are going on, but looking eternally, looking beyond just the mere appearances, being willing to get involved, listening to somebody, building those relationships. Compassion means going beyond just the what we see, and willing to challenge ourselves to see with eyes that Christ has, as he does for the people, as he sees these people without, that are lost without a shepherd. This is what Christ is calling us, to have hearts of compassion, to care for those around us. Let us pray. Dear Father, we just come before you today and just ask you just to meet with us and to be with us. We do pray just that you 
change our hearts, transform us, help us to see with eyes as you see, that we may see people beyond disappearances and be willing to go deeper and be willing to be open and vulnerable to listen, to build these relationships. We pray that you give us opportunities in different ways and that we can find even just the simple things of just saying, how are you doing? Or just sharing a meal with somebody. And we just pray just that you meet with us and be with us during these times and continue transforming us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.